Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. We are alive today. The Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. Lift up your voice and let's give God the praise. Let's give God the glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One day, somebody got to a place where he did not acknowledge God. We see that in Acts chapter 12. The Bible says that Herod did not give God the glory. In another story that Jesus talks about, he says that this man had so much. He said, let me just relax, enjoy, not think about anybody else. And that night, God said, your life will be taken away from you. But today, God has blessed you with another day of life. Let up your voice and give God the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness, Lord. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says that let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. This morning you are breathing, you are alive, you are counted among the living. Lift up your voice and give him the praise. Lift up your voice and give him the glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, there is none like you. Lord, there is none that we can compare with you. You take good care of us, Lord. You watch over us, Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, O oh God. Let's pray and say, Lord, even as we approach the study of the word of God, pray and talk to the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me as an individual. Lord, let me be that good ground that receives the word of God and bears a mighty harvest in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that some receive the word in good ground, they bear 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Some did not yield any production at all from the word of God. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, as I hear the word of God, help me to be a doer of the word of God, receiving the benefits thereof in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of God that lives and abides forever. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you all the praise and the glory, oh God. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are about to do. The Bible says you sent your word and you healed and delivered them from all their destruction. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for those here, for those that are watching, those online, our television audience, I pray send your word this morning, heal and deliver like only only you can, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name, and receive a fresh anointing to deliver your word, Lord. Give me the right words to speak, Lord. And thank you, Lord, you are taking us from glory to glory. Thank you, Lord, you are taking us from strength to strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Well, welcome again into God's presence. And join me as well in welcoming our online audience and television audience. And it's such a blessing to be in God's presence today and to hear the word of God. Now, you see, to um, understand God's word and to understand what God has done for us, you always have to go back to the book of beginnings the book of Genesis, to understand God's plan, God's purpose. And 
today we want to answer this question all this throughout this month. You see, um, all these miracles, last week we talked about it, that Jesus is the doer of all these miracles. And God's plan and God's purpose is for our wholeness. God wants us to be whole in every area of our lives. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. God wants us to be whole in every area of our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God sanctify you completely and God wants you whole spirit, soul, and body in every area of your life. You see, who is, I mean, who is responsible for the mess in this earth? All the death, all the sickness, all the confusion. When you turn on the news, you see the world is in a mess. You see, God didn't create the world like that. Everything was perfect when God created the world. And sin is what opened the door for the mess that we see in the earth. And Jesus Christ has come to restore us back to God's original purpose and plan. You see, when Adam and Eve were created, they didn't even know that they were naked till they, they sinned. They were covered in the glory of God. They were whole, spirit, soul, and body. And so here he's praying and he's saying that God's desire, God's plan, God's highest for us is that we will be whole, spirit, soul, and body and be preserved intact. You see, everyone is, uh, is sick in one way or the other. You very rarely find somebody who is whole, spirit, soul, and body, all having it all together. Something is out of adjustment. But thank God, Jesus Christ has come to make us whole. And that's God's plan. That's God's bed. God's want, God wants you to be whole. And I, that's my prayer as well, that you will be whole in every area of your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Notice what the Bible says in, sec, in 3 John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It's only one chapter. He says, you see, this Apostle John, he has been on for a long time. We just, finished, we just talked about the, his revelation on the island of Patmos, the message to the seven churches. He's, he's been on the road for a very long time. He was one of the very, very, very close followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here he's elderly and he's writing a letter and he says that, beloved, verse 2, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. He's saying something similar to what the Apostle Paul said. I want you to be whole. I pray that you may prosper in all things. He says, above all things, that you be in health. So that means that it's God's will for us to be healthy. It's God's will for us to be whole. Just as your soul prospers. God wants us whole in every area of our lives. He wants us, above all things, to be healthy. You see, sickness is a thief. It steals from us. When somebody is, is sick, it takes away time and money 
from us. So that was not God's original plan and purpose. So where does sickness come from? <laughs> Let's an an answer that question. When I watched the video of, of the, the, the boy that, that was mute and started talking, it reminded me of Dr. Oral Robert. He was, he was a stammerer, and he couldn't speak. And at the age of about 17, God healed him of his stammering tongue, and he was able to speak to God's glory. And he went around preaching the gospel all over the world. So what knows what will become of this young man? We, 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 we will live to see his story. Amen, if Jesus doesn't come. But you see, where does sickness come from? Because it wasn't there in the beginning. You see, sickness is, is, is the death process that has started. And every time sickness comes into your body, if it's not taken away, either by the power of God um, or some other means, eventually it's, it results in death. Sickness is incipient death or the death process that, 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 that has started. But thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a remedy for this. And it was never part of God's plan. Now, he says that I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Jesus Christ comes to restore us back to God's original plan. He comes to restore us back to what God originally intended for us. And my prayer is, you'll be made whole in every area of your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin came, death came by sin. He says that in Romans chapter 5. Now, when we see the ministry of Jesus Christ, we can categorize it into four main areas. Jesus Christ came in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Notice what Jesus Christ was doing. He says that, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. So you can categorize the ministry of Jesus into three main things, and then there's a fourth one. He says that he was teaching, preaching, and healing. And then he was also casting out devils. Teaching, preaching, and healing. And then casting out devils. You see, sometimes we want to jump to the healing, but the healing is third. You see, the teaching comes first, the preaching comes first, second, and then the healing. In fact, sometimes when we read the Bible, we just think that Jesus went about just arbitrarily healing people. No, 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 that's not how it works. He taught because, and he preached because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then the people that received healing. And those that didn't want to hear did not receive. We'll get that as we go along in the series. But 
One time, a certain doctor was invited to a town, and he was a, he was a preacher. She was a preacher as well. One time, she went into a, she was invited to a town that had an outbreak of typhoid fever, and she was a medical doctor. And she said, she, I tried to help the people as best as I could, but from a medical standpoint, uh, but I also wanted to identify the source of the sickness. And later on, she traced it to the water that the people were drinking. There was a dead pig in the source of their drinking water. And as a result, when they drank that water, it was contaminated. And that's how they were getting the typhoid fever. So once they, <laughs> they, cleared, they cleared the water, that solved the problem. They had clean water to, to drink. And you see, sometimes there are certain things that you can do from a natural standpoint to walk in health as well. Um, nutrition, exercise, all these things. But originally, sickness was not God's part of power. In fact, death was also not part of the plan. If Adam and Eve had not sinned, I mean, even after they sinned, they lived for over 900 years. That's a very long time to be on the earth. I wonder what they were doing. I sometimes I <laughs> um, but death was not even part of the plan. It's just an inter it's just an, an interruption. But you see, when Jesus Christ came on the scene, he says he's teaching, preaching, and healing. And then casting out devils. But where did sickness come from? If you can identify where it comes from, uh, then we can know what to do about it. Because sometimes, so long as you think uh, that sickness comes from God, uh, you, will, you will just accept it and, and body up with it. But if you know where it comes from, uh, then you won't, you won't play around with it. So let's, let's, let's go through some scripture. Job chapter 42 Job chapter 42, verse 10. Now, Job is an interesting book in the Bible. And it's also, it's, you see, uh, the Bible is a very simple book. Uh, and God wants us to understand his word. Now, Job was doing very well in his time. He was, he was a very blessed businessman in the East. And then one day, he wakes up, and then he goes through this trial. Job chapter 1 Verse 6, it says that now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. I pray when God is testifying, may, that, may he testify like that about you. May he testify about you that you are a God-fearing person. He says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Notice this, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, notice this, Behold, all that he has is in your power. 
Only do not lay your hand on his person. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. Notice the phrase, all that he has is in your power. Initially, Satan said, there is a hedge around him. I cannot touch him. And then now here God is reporting and saying that everything in his, in his power. And Job later on is saying that the thing that I feared has come upon me. How did everything end up in his power? So long as the hedge was intact, Satan couldn't attack Job and his life, his family, and everything else. When he got into fear, this is very important. When he got into fear, then the door was open. Now God is saying, everything is in power. Fear opens the door to the enemy. Faith opens the door for God to work in your life. Fear opens the door to the enemy. Very important. All that he has, the head was up so long as he was in faith. The head went down. When he entered into fear. Key issue. So all that came upon him. He says, he says you blessed him. And you put a hedge. He says you touch him. He says, no, I'm not the one that is going to touch him. He's already in your hands. Through fear. Anyway. But notice after all that happened. The Bible says. In Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42, verse 10, he says that, And the Lord restored Job's losses. When it was all that was, all that was said and done, the Bible says, I like it from the classic King James, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You only have to read the Bible very carefully to understand this. If God turned the captivity of Job, then he's calling all that came upon him captivity, which was including the sickness that was on him. The wife said, curse God and forget about it. Let's forget about God. But he said, no, no, I can't do that. So God turned his captivity. So here, sickness, disease, calamity, all these things is called captivity. He's telling us where it came from. This is God's account of sickness, where it comes from. He calls it captivity. I pray in the name of Jesus, any losses that you have, anything that you have lost, may God restore to you in Jesus' name. May God restore to you in Jesus' name, including your health. But here he calls sickness, he calls, his, he calls what happened to him captivity. That's where it came from. And God, so Satan was the one that brought the captivity. God is the one that turned it around. So it couldn't have been God putting it on him. <laughs> Very important. Let's go a step further. Where does this thing, where does it come from? In Luke chapter 13, among the people that Jesus healed, Luke chapter 13, one day a certain woman came to Jesus. Luke chapter 13 verse 11. It says that, behold, there was a certain man, notice a certain woman, which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed down together, and could in no wise lift herself up. So she comes to Jesus. This is her condition. Notice again, he says that she had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed down, and couldn't raise herself up. 
When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to, unto her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And, she, and, and immediately he laid his hands on her and she was made straight and glorified God. Then the rulers of the synagogue came around and they were complaining that, look, this is the Sabbath day. You don't have to do this, all that, that, that. I always say you have the whole week to do something about it if you could and you didn't. <laughs> and now Jesus has made the person whole and you are complaining. You always have those people around. In the crusade, we had, we had a, I mean, I think I, I remember two instances where people couldn't bow down. They couldn't bend before and they could bend. But, and then notice what Jesus Christ said. In verse 16, he says, So honor this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Who bound her? Who bound her? Satan bound her. The Bible says, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. So he calls, again, this sickness bondage this is jesus account the first one in job was god's account now this is jesus jesus is god made flesh he's called this one satanic bondage or bound by satan satan is the one that bound her now if the, the doctors were diagnosing this now they will call it maybe arthritis of the spine or something but behind the situation and this is not all the time but this is, we want to identify where these things come from he says that she was bound for 18 years and could not raise herself up. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has been taken away for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? So Jesus is the one that delivered her from that bondage. Satan is the one that brought the bondage. Jesus is the one that delivered her from that bondage. And I may be talking to somebody, you may not just be bound physically, uh, but you may be bound in some other area of your life. And I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the same Jesus that set this woman free, may he set you free in Jesus' name. May he set you free in Jesus' name. So here also he says that this infirmity, was caused by an evil spirit. And Satan is the one that bound her. Jesus is the one that delivered her. Amen. Let's go a step further. This was after Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Peter is preaching in the house of Cornelius. And he also makes this statement. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Where does sickness come from? Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So this is the Holy Spirit's account because here he says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as he was speaking, the Holy Spirit is giving this account and saying that directly or indirectly, everyone that Jesus Christ healed, they were oppressed by the devil. So settle this, the devil is the oppressor, Jesus is the deliverer. The devil is the one that oppresses mankind with sickness and disease. Jesus is the one that heals. Jesus is the one that delivers. Because so long as you think you don't know the source, like that doctor, you don't know the source of the issue, you will keep going after the fruit. I mean, medical science has discovered things to help people. But ultimately, sickness was not part of God's plan and God's purpose. Jesus Christ is the one that comes to heal and to deliver. And I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may you walk in freedom and liberty in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus made that woman whole. He says, you are loosed. And that was, think about it, somebody that's been bound for 18 years was completely made whole, like we see Jesus doing in these meetings. Let's look at another scripture. Mark these verses. Don't let them get away from you. Uh, you see, th you see this, this, um, we just got out of COVID. These things have a way of coming. So uh, it's best to build up your faith. Before things come up. Deuteronomy chapter 20, 28 verse 61. Let me read it from the um, Young's literal translation. Dr. Young was, was a very learned scholar. And he translated the Bible um, from Hebrew and then also the New Testament in Greek. So it's very, as close as possible as the original translation. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 61. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy 8, verse 61. He says that Deuteronomy is very, that 28 chapter is very interesting. He starts, he starts and talks about the blessing uh, for, a few, for a few verses and talks about all the goodies that will come upon you. Then there's a long list of curses that comes, that will come upon you when you don't walk in line with God's word. And that's the side that you don't want to be on. It's a very long list. But he wraps it up when he gets to verse 61. He says, also every sickness and every plague, which is not, let me read it from the, 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 the literal, Young's literal translation. He says that, also every sickness and every stroke, which is not written in the book of this law, Jehovah does cause them to go up upon thee till you are destroyed. Notice the phrase, Cause is in the causative sense. Because as so long as Israel walked in God's laws and God's commandments, I mean, think about it. I mean, from, from, from when they were delivered from Egypt, they went for a very long time, for 40 years. The Bible describes that, that there was not one feeble person amongst them. Think about it. Not one, not one feeble person. Because God was keeping them. He says that even their shoes did not wear out. <laughs> if God can keep shoes from wearing out, do you, do you think he cannot keep your body? <laughs> he can. I said he can. I said he can. 
But he says every sickness and every stroke, they list a very long list of sicknesses before this. He says that will cause them to come upon you. So, so long as, it's a similar situation to Job's, so long as they walk in line with God's word, they are okay. When they walk outside of God's word, the curse is already out there. They are already open to the curse. It's going to come upon them. This is very important. I'm taking my time because uh, you, it, once you settle this, uh, once I saw this, in the Bible, and I, I found out this in the Bible, that's how I've been able to walk in health all these years. Sickness comes from the devil. God's, God is the one that gives life. I don't remember the last time I took medication for anything. To God's glory. You can't, you see, that's what John is saying. I wish above all things that you walk in health. It's one thing to be sick and to be healed, it's another thing to be healthy. So, so he says that every sickness, every, the ones that, are, that have not even come up, that they, they have no names for, that will keep all of it. He says, it will, when you don't walk in line with God's word, you cause them to come on you. But thank God for Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, he says Christ. Somebody say Christ. I like that, that, that name. <laughs> Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. So on the cross. Oh my God. When Jesus hung on the cross, every curse, every sickness was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ for us. When you discover it, that's the end of that. <laughs> He's become a curse for us. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, which includes those curses in, in, in Deuteronomy, which includes sickness. He's redeemed us. Somebody has paid the price for us. I'm jumping ahead, but in Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53, Verse 4, he says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. When he was here and afflicted, on the cross, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was brewed for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's not the physical stripes. Sometimes it's easy to get hung up on that. Because if, if, if physical stripes can heal, then I can also go hang on the cross. And I say Roman soldiers or call some soldiers from around town. I say get, get some, something to, to whip me. And the stripes that I put on my back will also result in healing for people. That's not, that's not it. No, 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 no. If you read it very carefully, it says Jehovah made him sick. It's going on. What is happening on the outside is a type of what is happening behind the scenes. Every sickness that you can think of, cancer, whatever it is, was laid upon Jesus on the cross. Every sickness listed in the book of the law, which includes Deuteronomy, was laid upon Jesus. And by his tribes, healing was made available 
to us. Very, very, very important. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So now all we have to do, somebody say, okay, if that's the case, if I'm a child of God, how do I walk in these things? You see, the conditions are not any different from, from the children of Israel. We have to walk in line with the word of God. But one of the very first things to live in a lie, I pray above all things, that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Notice that there's a condition there, as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? By giving heed to the word of God. So one of the very first things, and this not only applies to health, but to every area of our lives, our marriages, our finances, our children, every area of our lives. Here is the key. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. The Bible says that my son or my daughter is, 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 is telling us something. My son... Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give attention to my words. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. Give attention to my words. Let the word of God be first priority in your life. If you're going to make it. Let the word of God be priority in your life. Very, very important. Give attention to my words. So many areas of our lives, we are not whole because we are not giving attention to his words. What does it mean to give attention to his words? That means to give it first place. Like for instance, if you are going to the uh, the post office and the post office is scheduled to close at six o'clock and you've you've planned that um, from here you scheduled it in such a way that from here you have enough time to get to the post office from maybe uh, groceries or wherever you are you have enough time to get to the post office if you meet someone in the grocery store and they say look I uh, they start talking and start having a conversation and then you keep looking at yourself I have to be at the post office before they close because I need to post mail this so I can get to where it, where it needs to get to within a certain time frame. So please, thank you so much. I love you. You are a good person. But I need to get to the post office. So at that point, getting to the post office takes priority over the conversation that you are having with that person. You've given the, 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 the trip to the post office first place. So when God says, give attention to my words, he's saying that in every area of your life, let my word 
be first. What does God's word have to say about this? Give attention to my words. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And life, that's what everybody is looking for. Life, 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 life. One of the greatest needs of mankind. People will go to, I mean, when people are not well, they will pay any amount of money to try to get well. When something is out of alignment, you are no whole in some area of your life, you do your very best. Life. And he's saying that, look, the life that you are looking for, whatever you are looking for is in my word. So give it first place. Sometimes the reason why things are out of a line is because we have not given God's word priority and attention in our lives. They are health to they are life to those who find them, and health. That's what most people are looking for: health, life, and health. These two things <laughs> are one of the greater quests. Of mankind. And here God is saying to you this morning, He's saying, I give you the secret. Give attention to my words. It's one thing to hear God's word, it's one thing to decide to do God's word. And that's why I was trying to tell those Israelites that look, if you walk in line with the word of God, the blessing is yours. Look at Job. We just looked at him. As long as he's walking with God and everything is intact. He's, everything is blessed. His family is doing well. His business is doing well. Everything is going well. That's been God's plan always. And that's what you are striving for as well. But he says, give attention to my word. A man that feared God and eschewed evil. Reverence God. That's what he means. He feared he reverenced God. Give attention to his words. The words are life. There's, there's life in God's word. And it will be health to all your flesh. Hallelujah. From, from every part of your body. Not just some parts. But pay attention to his word. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It will be life to every aspect of your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I see you walking in health in Jesus name. I see you walking in God's best in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord. But this is the key. This is, this is right here. John was saying the same. As your soul prospers, you will prosper and be in health. But the prosperity of your soul is where it starts. And it starts with the word of God. Let's go a step further. Another way to walk in this thing is in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 17. I like it from the, the, the classic the classic in James. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 17. He says that a wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Now we know from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are ambassadors of God. 
a faithful ambassador. Faithfulness. See, when an ambassador, when when uh, when a U.S. ambassador is on a, on another soil, the 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 grounds that they live in technically is U.S. soil. If another country attacks a U.S. embassy, that's an act of war. They are protected. They are taken care of. Their medical bills, their gas, their everything. Because why? They have been sent by the United States to represent them in another country. And Jesus calls us and says that we are ambassadors. We are sent to represent heaven. We are sent to represent the kingdom of God. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He's writing to the whole church, not just an individual. And he includes himself on it. We are ambassadors. For Christ, we are sent here on a mission. We are here sent by God on a mission. We are sent by God to represent the kingdom of God. We are sent by God to tell others about Jesus. We are sent by God to reflect the excellency and the glory of our God. But Proverbs is saying, a faithful ambassador is hell. That means that the ambassador who is faithful to his, to his duties, to their duties, as part of it, there is a health benefit. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody sometimes when people apply for a job, they say, what are the benefits? 401k, <laughs> health benefits, different things, time off, different things. He says that one of the benefits of being a faithful ambassador is hell. People that make God's business their business work in hell. And one of God's greatest business in the earth is to see people come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm giving you, God is giving you a key this morning. People that make it their business to, you don't have to be uh, an ordained preacher. He says we are all ambassadors. People that make it their business to lead others to the Lord. There's a health benefit that comes with it. <laughs> one of the greatest, one of the greatest ambassadors for Christ. Dr. Billy Graham just recently to be, went to be with the Lord. Uh, he lived to be like a hundred. And that man, a few weeks before his, 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 his death, he was still telling people about Jesus. He couldn't go around like this, but one of, the, one of the last messages that he he was still telling people about Jesus through, through, through video. A faithful ambassador promotes health, the King, the King James said, but it's health, or the classic King James, it's health. Faithfulness. I pray you will be a good representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's part of your package. 
Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you've healed me, you've saved me today. How can I be of service to you? I know you get up and go to a job, but you, 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 you report to God first in the morning. You open up so many opportunities for you. A faithful ambassador is hell. You just have to look around you. So many people are hurting. So many people are going through a difficult time. Thank God you can be the light. And you will be the light. I said you will be the light. In Jesus' name. Every day, just report to him. He will give you an assignment. He will give you something to do. There's plenty to do. He will tell you how you can be a blessing to somebody. A faithful ambassador is health. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory be to the name of the Lord. A faithful ambassador is health. And then finally, finally, there's a story in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Sometimes this man came to Jesus with a wetted hand. And when he came to Jesus, again, it's, it's, Jesus said to him, is it, is, is, said to them, these people always, these people follow Jesus around till they kill him. Um, they were watching. Is he going to make this person whole on the Sabbath day? Same thing, same scenario here. But notice verse 4, Jesus said, and he said unto is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do, to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other. Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Today, I don't know what the situation is. This man had a withered hand. You might not be whole in some area of your life. Jesus is inviting you, and he's saying, I have a miracle for you. I have something for you. Stretch out your hand. Maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you feel like throwing in a towel. Maybe you even feel like committing suicide. Is there hope for me? Thank God in Jesus there is hope for you. I said, thank God in Jesus there is hope for you. You just have to stretch out your hand to meet his power, to meet his love, to meet his kindness. And as you do, as you do, as you do, what he's done for so many others, he will do the same for you. But you see, it all starts with that decision. If God was to open your eyes to see what he has in store for you, you quit playing around with God and be a little bit more serious and desire a more closer walk with God. He has so much in store for us. He has so much in store for you. You see, Israel never could get to their full potential as a nation. God's plan was that there will be a sample nation for the, that will walk in the blessing of God. And it, they being a sample, other nations will look at them and say, oh, no, no, we want to go after their God. But they never got to their full potential. And that's God's plan for your life as well. He wants you to walk in the blessing. He wants, to, he wants you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you so that others can look at your life and say, no, 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 there's something different here. I want this God that you want. You have. They never could get to their full potential. But if God was to open your eyes to see what he has for you, oh my God, 
for each and every one of us. We'll get to the place where we'll say nothing else matters. We'll be like the psalmist that said, my soul follows hard after the Lord. My soul follows hard after the Lord. People that follow hard after the Lord. Enjoy God's best. Psalm 63 verse 8. My soul follows hard after the Lord. Looking at people who are determined that in our generation we will follow hard after the Lord. In our generation we will be counted as people oh, who are ambassadors for the Lord. Oh, we will be counted as people who live for the Lord. That when anything wants to distract you from that path, you say, no, 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 hang on a minute. I love you. I, I, I thank God for your life. But I'm not going to let anything come between me and my walk with the Lord. I'm going to give God's word first place in my life. Whatever I find in the word of God, I am going to do it. I am not going to let anything come between me. My soul follows hard after the Lord. The pursuit of God, the pursuit of his presence. When you pursue God, things pursue you. The struggle ceases. The struggle comes to an end. Matthew 6, 63 says, Seek God's kingdom, God and his kingdom first. Everything will be added to you. You follow after God. You give God's word first place. You give God first place in your life, in every area of your life. Oh, my God. My soul follows hard after the Lord. A faithful ambassador is held. I pray in the name of Jesus, when God looks throughout the earth and is looking for faithful people, may you be counted as one of them. Like he testified after Job, after Job, he said, I've looked, there's no one like him in the earth. Think about it. In his generation. He fears God. He reverences God. Eschews evil. A heart full of God. May you be in that category in Jesus' name. I said, may you be in that category in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll continue on Wednesday and Sunday. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've talked long enough. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My soul, my soul, follows hard after the Lord. My soul follows hard after the Lord. And your right hand upholds me. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.